0: This is mission.org.
1: There are a number of things that Cadre is doing to really break the mold in commercial real estate. The first thing is we've lowered our minimums to invest in our deals. A few years ago, Cadre required $250,000 to invest in our deals. We're down to $25,000 and continue to bring that further down to make it even more accessible. We did some research and we found that over 60% of consumers thought you needed more than $100,000. And many think you need millions and millions of dollars to invest in commercial real estate. And so part of what we're doing is creating awareness that the entry point and the initial minimum investments are far lower than people realize.
0: Should commercial real estate be more attainable Welcome to Marketing Trends, I'm Jeremy Bergeron, and today's guest, Dustin Cohn, the Chief Marketing Officer of Cadre, joins us to make a case for what he calls the democratization of commercial real estate. Tune in to hear Dustin getting the word out about the potential opportunity and how to succeed as a CMO at a blossoming company. Chicago. Okay. Like the, the accent's there.
1: That's what I thought. You know, it's really funny you said that, Jeremy. Nobody can tell where I'm from based on my accent until I say Chicago.
0: <laughs> That's what it is. I like it. I am in Austin, Texas. Uh, where our studio's here. And then
1: I'm originally from Louisiana. Our CEO is actually from Louisiana. And he talks a, a lot about- Really? His, yeah. Sort of humble beginnings in Louisiana. That's really cool. Do you know what part? I don't. I, I know it's- an out, uh, about an hour outside of New Orleans. Wow. But I, I don't know what, what town, but he's very proud of, the, of Louisiana. In fact, a number of our conference rooms are named, you know, like the Bayou. And you know, <laughs> Come of, on. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay. And that, that was actually part of his inspiration behind launching Cadre actually is grew up in an area where big institutions were coming in and buying people's properties and not benefiting from that. Has this vision of democratizing commercial real estate and giving, you know, regular people access to commercial real estate.
0: That's awesome. If my math is correct, you're you're in your first ninety days or so as CMO, right?
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Such a critical time for, you know, a marketing leader. And I I think actually, if my memory serves me right, you may be the first CMO, maybe one other. I think you're the first one that we've had the chance to connect with in this really critical time. You know, the first ninety days, as you know, is really an interesting time. To lead marketing, and so I I love that we got to connect with you at this point in your career, and especially at Cadre. What are you kind of most excited to talk about?
1: You know, I think the notion of an asset class that has been primarily catering to the ultra-high net worth and you know major institutions around the world um, is is now accessible and available to call it Main Street investors there's a very low awareness uh, about this category not to mention that that they can participate in what has really built generational wealth for many
0: I love that okay cool and and I'm also curious kind of in that vein I mean because you know you came from Goldman Sachs working with a, a very you know well-known brand and then now kind of stepping into this world where you're allowing access like you said to this asset class to people who are your main street investors so I want to tie that Loop a little bit and think about what was the interest for you, right? What informed you to to go from Wall Street to kind of Main Street?
1: Yeah, and actually the connection is is even more direct because it was Wall Street when I was with Goldman. It was Wall Street's first effort in the consumer space, so it was actually Wall Street going to Main Street when I was at Goldman through the Marcus by Goldman Sachs brand. Okay, got it. About seven years ago, Goldman Sachs went public and became a bank you know, after the financial crisis and really did not do anything to commercialize being a bank. About seven, eight years ago, the firm decided that they wanted to get into the consumer market and wanted uh, the first product offering to be personal loans to regular consumers. I joined Goldman. I was employee number 20. Wow! I joined Goldman to start the Marcus by Goldman Sachs brand. My little claim to fame is I actually named it Marcus myself. This was a 150 year old institution that had never had any real offering or interaction with more uh, Main Street consumers. And so, over the last six years after launch, business has built up significantly um, over $100 billion in, uh, in deposits in our savings business, over $10 billion in personal loans issued. There is an investment platform now. We launched in the UK. So this is the consumer business for Goldman Sachs.
0: Your marketing chops go all the way back to Pizza Hut, PepsiCo. We're talking early 90s. Was that where you began to learn and kind of hone your marketing skills was at at Pizza Hut? Where did this kind of dance with marketing begin with you?
1: From PepsiCo, you, you, you would imagine it's sort of like getting your MBA in marketing. It's an organization that really prides itself on... Customer centricity and brand building, and so yes, I would say my two stints at actually PepsiCo. So uh, yes, I was there in the uh, the mid '90s when Pizza Hut was still owned by PepsiCo, and then came back several years later to PepsiCo to uh, to run the marketing communications and brand equity for for Gatorade at PepsiCo. Absolutely, my experience at PepsiCo was really important in. Honing my marketing skills, but I would say I always really had a hankering for for marketing even in junior high trading baseball cards and you know marketing those those cards and reselling those cards. I knew I, I enjoyed marketing and, and sales very much.
0: Were there any particular marketing mentors outside of PepsiCo books or or just you know things that you were you know kind of latching onto or learning or really all the schooling was primarily your time there.
1: You know, most of my schooling was was definitely on the job. Uh, I did a um, an executive program at, at Harvard years ago, and had the privilege of having the the head of marketing, uh, the professor uh, who headed up the marketing department, actually at Harvard, teach my class. So that was incredible. Clay Christensen actually spoke a couple times. He is the the founder, the godfather of the uh, the art of disruption. That was just an amazing experience from a, a more traditional education standpoint. And I would say most of my inspiration in marketing comes from outside of marketing and outside of journalists who are writing about marketing. I find inspiration from other places. There's a great book called The Art of Possibility. Hmm. it's an older book. The author, his name is Xander. He actually was the head conductor or the conductor for the Boston Philharmonic. So nothing to do with marketing, but he took all these really interesting learnings. And if you think about an orchestra and getting them to play together and have all different instruments in tune, a lot of really important marketing lessons, business lessons and life lessons, quite frankly. So that's an example of just inspiration from outside the marketing world.
0: Uh, I love that. And I'm I'm gonna check that out. The Art of Possibility. Art of Possibility.
1: That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's a fun read. Benjamin Zander is is the author's name.
0: That's awesome. So given your career, given your experience, coming up at the tail end of your time at Goldman, I see a guy like you and it's like, you could have gone to, to many places. You could do many things, right? In the world that you were in, you can really kind of parlay that experience into lots of brands and lots of opportunities. Yet here comes Cadre Commercial Real Estate. So talk about this kind of opportunity you saw from the outside looking in, because if people start to, to Google this business, it's very interesting. I saw an article about this startup wants to be the Amazon of real estate. You know? So what an interesting intersection you're in now. But talk about the opportunity. How did it come across your desk? What did you see? And why did you, you know, leap at this opportunity?
1: So I'd been at uh, Goldman for almost seven years, you know, had the real fortune to expand outside of my role at Marcus by Goldman Sachs in the consumer business and was running both the consumer marketing and all of our wealth management businesses as well, private wealth management, personal financial management, and ACO marketing, and as well as Goldman Sachs asset management. I really got an opportunity to experience a lot of different businesses across Goldman Sachs and, and enjoyed it very much. About four years ago, our asset management group actually invested in CADRE. So Goldman invested in in Cadre the business and some of the deals as well. And the CEO at the time, still our CEO, Ryan Williams, he reached out to me uh, to say, hey, I really love what you're doing at Marcus and would like to understand a little bit more because we aspire to build a brand at Cadre similar to what you've done at Marcus. So that was really my first introduction to Cadre based on the Goldman investment. And you know, I stayed in touch with uh, with Ryan and the team over the the last four years, and you know, they'd reach out to me and use me as a sounding board, and you know, I'd have some good discussions with them. Obviously, trying to benefit Goldman, the more successful cadre is, the you know, more successful Goldman is in this investment. And um, yeah, about six months ago, they said, "Hey, look, we're really expanding our products, and are you know, very eager to." focus on our vision of the democratization of commercial real estate. Given what I did at Marcus in particular, they wanted me to join them as chief marketing officer. And most of my career has been in pretty large organizations and and public ones. So obviously Goldman, PepsiCo, I was the chief marketing officer at, at Jockey. The part of Goldman that I really enjoyed the most, or at least I got the most satisfaction out of, was the early stages of building... The Goldman Sachs consumer brand. I loved rolling up my sleeves and building and creating a brand and the first marketing and advertising the firm has ever really done uh, to this audience. And so the idea of joining Cadre, while Cadre has been around for about seven years, it really has only focused on the broader consumer for about a year. And so the marketing organization is you know relatively new, and so. Leveraging what I did and learned, quite frankly, at, at, at Marcus really applies to this vision of democratization of commercial real estate at, at, at Cadre.
0: Hmm.
1: Not to mention, it's nice, you know, being a part owner of the business as, as well.
0: <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, it seems like it was a it was a longer tail opportunity. You, you you knew about the business. It took quite a few years for you to finally, you know, jump over and, and make the leap and lead marketing there. Now you're going from a huge visible brand with a lot of resources and a lot of support into still a startup kind of fast moving brand. And so what's that like kind of stepping into a place where you may not have the same resources and support where you're having to create what wasn't there before. You're probably stepping into a much smaller team or maybe no marketing team at all, depending on how that looked. But what's that like going from, if I think about my time at Google and then joining smaller companies and just, it's it's a vastly different balance there. What's, What's that like for you?
1: you know, I knew going in, it would be a much more scrappy environment. I I do have a marketing team, but it's a relatively small team. And, you know, really part of my decision making here was whether Cadre was ready to really take the next step in pursuit of the democratization of commercial real estate. And what I mean by that is oftentimes at early stage businesses, they sort of expect one person to come in and change everything. And the reality is, You can't do everything as one person. The appetite for Cadre to invest in marketing is is here. And that gave me a lot of confidence that I had the tools to work with. Now, no, do I have Goldman Sachs resources? Of course not. But there are media dollars for me. There's open headcount for me. Um, There's engineering and martech resources for me. We're building on our product team as well. And so the idea of joining an early stage marketing organization with those sort of resources was a real plus for me. And I felt confident that I was going to have the tools that that I needed in an early stage business like Cadre. You're sort of parallel pathing. And you'd ask me about like the 90 days that I've been there. Clearly, there is the longer term foundational work that needs to be done, you know, the end-to-end journey work and the technology and the creative and the content and the media and you know, all, the, all the stuff that comes with really doing great digital marketing. That said, you know, in an early-stage business, you want to see results very quickly. So you have to parallel path in this environment, building the foundation that you know is necessary to get the organization to the next level while also looking for those, those quick wins and quick, quick hits. Can you
0: share any any of those maybe early wins, quick hits that you've experienced now in the first three months of the
1: role? We have um, a fairly limited amount of media channels that we work with today, and have leaned very heavily on paid search up into this point, which you know is still obviously a very important part of our mix. That said, Cadre hadn't really cracked the code for paid social media and had dabbled in it from time to time, but didn't necessarily make it work from driving new customers to our platforms and and doing it at a cost-efficient way. So one of the quick wins that I, uh, or at least opportunities that I identified, and it's not rocket science, was talking about our product performance, so our deal performance. So how are our deals doing and what sort of return should people expect? A lot of what had been done in social media was more brand building, which is great, and you still need to do that. As I've seen in, in my past lives, you really need a combination of brand/slash emotional messaging and more rational, functional, reason to believe messaging. And you and you need both. And so I leaned heavily into the latter, into our deal performance and talking about our properties that we've exited and provided really great returns. And we built out a very vast creative asset library to start a real test and learn agenda. And very, very quickly we found that this messaging was super powerful in paid social media linkedin and facebook uh, in particular the combination of that messaging along with more dynamic creative as well and things that had a little bit more breakthrough qualities to them a wink and a smile a bit of a sense of humor more attention getting visuals you know in the world of real estate it's you know pretty obvious to show lots of buildings and you know the physical assets but using when we're talking about Atlanta, for example, let's show a bunch of peaches. <laughs> um, and, you know, when you see something like that in a Facebook feed, it makes you stop and you want to see what it is. If you're scrolling through and you see a building, it may not break through and, and have the same stopping power. So a combination of just more clever and interesting, creative, both visually and from a headline standpoint, and that sort of sense of humor, along with talking about our deal performance really has helped in the short term grow our new customers to our platform, as well as make for a much more efficient cost per acquisition.
0: I love that kind of thinking about it counterintuitively a bit, like saying, okay, what do normal real estate companies, what are they talking about? How can we do things a tad bit different? And how can we engage with the consumer and the audience in a way that's going to make them remember and not lump us into every other company trying to get their eyeballs? So that's interesting. Is that an approach that you took at Marcus as well?
1: Marcus was a little bit of this sort of younger brother of Goldman Sachs, where we had a little bit more license to have that sense of humor. You know, we did a really interesting campaign for our personal loan business. The campaign acknowledged people who have run into credit card debt. These people were very responsible, they made good money, they had good credit. Unfortunately, life just got in the way. A leaky roof would happen transmission would break on their car, whatever, you know, life moments happen, they'd they'd have to actually pay it on their credit card. And unfortunately, sometimes that starts the cycle of debt. We wanted to acknowledge those things happening and that there's a way out. So we had a campaign called debt happens. (laughs) It's how you get out that counts. That's great. So obviously, you know, debt happens being a play on words, that more provocative and sort of disruptive sense of humor from Goldman Sachs. You know, really broke through and, and got people's attention and uh, they wanted to learn more. So yes, similarly uh, at Cadre, I do think, you know, commercial real estate is, is very serious business. There's no doubt about it, but we're taking a bit of a different uh, approach from a tone standpoint.
0: So on the product side of things, like what what is it about Cadre's like process and platform that makes investing in commercial real estate so accessible and transparent?
1: There are a number of things that Cadre is doing to really break the mold in commercial real estate. The first thing is we've lowered our minimums to invest in our deals. I think a few years ago, Cadre required $250,000 to invest in any of our deals. We're down to $25,000 and continue to bring that further down to make it even more accessible. And you know, we did some research and we found that over 60% of consumers thought you needed more than $100,000. And many think you need millions and millions of dollars to invest in commercial real estate. And so part of what we're doing is creating awareness that the entry point and the initial minimum investments are far lower than people realize. We're gonna continue to work to bring that down and make it even more accessible. The second thing is fees. Oftentimes in the commercial real estate business, there are things called promotes and sort of double fees. We don't have that. We only have that one fee. And so it makes it more affordable for investors to get involved in our platform. And the third area is really around liquidity. Some people don't necessarily want to be locked up for 10 plus years in an investment. And so Cadre has a secondary marketplace where we offer our investors the opportunity to actually trade with other investors. So if you were invested in a deal after a few years and you wanted to liquidate, we would help match you with a buyer who wants in on that particular property or that deal. This liquidity event is also very unique in the marketplace.
0: It seems like there's a lot of changes happening, especially in the fintech space. And you know, I know that you're not the only leader to leave Goldman Sachs recently for a different company or other kind of startup opportunities. But does this indicate change in the
1: industry especially in the, in the fintech space it depends on your background and your experience as a whole this was an opportunity for me to build and i found that that's something i really enjoyed a lot it's also something that i think is important for the average investor in an era where people are experimenting with things like cryptocurrency as an example and i'm not saying you know anything negative about crypto the average investor knows the basics of investing is about diversification. The fact that only 14% of, uh, of Main Street investors are investing in commercial real estate leads me to believe and us to believe that there's a huge opportunity here for true diversification. So sure, if you want to buy crypto or you want to buy individual stocks, all that's great. But if you really want to be diversified, commercial real estate should, should be something you should consider. So you know, to answer your question, I think When there are untapped opportunities, and I think this is one of them, there are brands in the crypto space that make crypto very accessible and mainstream. There are brands in the stock market that have made the stock market and stock picking very accessible and mainstream. So I believe that commercial real estate is the next big asset class opportunity to make more mainstream.
0: Are there any concerns about creating too much access to commercial real estate investing? I know you said 14%, which says it's a lot of opportunity, but if so, I mean, are there any concerns from a marketing perspective?
1: Well, today we only allow access to our platform for accredited investors, which means your household income is $200,000 or more, or you have investable assets of a million dollars or more. Today, our deals are structured in a way that they are a good fit for people who are accredited investors. Now, down the road, we are talking about creating a more retail like fund, and that would open it up to a broader audience. You know, of course, transparency is a huge part of Codgrey's DNA. It's important people understand there are risks involved in any kind of investment. So, we're very transparent about those risks and really are dialing up. Our educational content as well. So people really understand what they're getting involved in. And I think that's really key with obviously any brand is to be transparent, but especially in an area like commercial real estate with such a low penetration amongst this audience, it's important that we educate you properly and you know exactly how this works and what to expect.
0: There was a quote that Ryan mentioned. It was an article. He said, Your ability, he said something around the fact of, your ability to raise awareness is unparalleled, you know? And so on the note of kind of raising awareness and, and telling stories, and what are some of the things you can share with our audience around, you know, your approach to raising awareness and the things that you're excited about doing? You mentioned some of the social media stuff, anything else high level you can share around your approach to raising awareness?
1: The first thought that I think most marketers would have is we have to show why Cadre is differentiated in the market. While I agree that's important, and Jeremy, you and I can talk about why I think Cadre is different and better than our competitors. I think in our case, in commercial real estate, this is a category sell. And that's so counter to, I think, how classically trained marketers have been taught, that it's all about differentiation. But I think in a category like commercial real estate that's so underpenetrated, our approach to creating awareness for the Cadre brand really starts with creating awareness of the category, of the asset class in general. And that's a little counterintuitive, but I believe that the awareness building will of Cadre will come from educating consumers on the category. And believe me, there's enough growth for us and our competitors. And at this point, it's really more about category penetration. The brands that bring you that information and education, I think, are the ones that are going to win.
0: Are you using like kind of the current state of, you know, look, we're all here about inflation and the economy and this and that's happening right now. It's literally everywhere. Every financial advisor that I follow is talking about this. How are you leveraging kind of the current state of affairs in terms of the economy to educate and then benefit Cadre Commercial Real Estate?
1: Yeah, Jeremy, you're spot on. Being topical, of course, is another way to sort of plus one all your marketing efforts and brand awareness building. And you know, certainly with the market dynamics right now and inflation in general, commercial real estate is, is something people should know about, especially in, in the environment or the, the asset class of multifamily or apartment building or housing is especially good to combat inflation. So we are leveraging the news cycle and the conversations around inflation to build awareness, again, around the category of commercial real estate and specifically the sector of multifamily and apartment buildings. Office complexes, probably not a hot place right now. (laughs) Um, So it's really a matter of understanding commercial real estate as a whole. And then taking it from there down to different asset classes and even geographies, of course. And when I say geographies, not just states, not just cities, but even at the zip code level. We actually have, and we're going to be announcing this actually in the next few weeks, something called the Cadre 15. The Cadre 15 will share with the public what we believe the most important and growth opportunities are within commercial real estate from a geography and an asset class standpoint.
0: Mm, that's smart. I like that. There's something I want to touch on. We have you know about five minutes or so left. I want to touch on this part. There's something around with Cadre about diversity and community building. They seem to be key values of Cadre. And there's something I saw around Cadre working with minority-owned banks and local real estate operators. And is this kind of a, obviously there's an intentional angle here, but can you talk about this a little bit more?
1: Sure. So our CEO and founder, Ryan Williams, is an African-American leader and founder, grew up with pretty humble beginnings in Louisiana. He saw this opportunity where most people didn't, meaning commercial real estate for a much broader audience. And that really is his mission. We have some partnerships, actually a very exciting one that uh, unfortunately I can't share today, Jeremy, but we have an exciting uh, partnership with a major institution to really expand what we're doing in this space. In addition, leveraging or working with diversity owned operators as well. Some of it is based on the properties. some of it's based on the operators themselves. I think this is a a really important mission for Cadre and should be an important mission for the category as a a whole. And I think Ryan is really leading the way.
0: Hmm, That's awesome.
1: All right, you ready for
0: some fun lightning round questions?
1: Sure. Let's do it.
0: All right, let's do it. So for those of you listening, thank you so much. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. If you want to learn more, head over to salesforce.com forward slash marketing. We've got Dustin Cohn, Chief Marketing Officer at Cadre Commercial Real Estate. First question, Dustin, this is lightning round, so try to answer as quick as you can. First question is, what are you betting on for the future?
1: the democratization of commercial real estate. <laughs> all right.
0: Um, if you have to build a marketing team from scratch, what role are you hiring first and why?
1: Performance marketing, growth marketing, whatever we want to call it. The reason um, I think is obvious that it's a marketing discipline that is all about bringing new customers in and, and doing it cost efficiently. And so that that's the number one role. And Actually, for your listeners, we uh, have that role open right now. We're recruiting for it.
0: All right. Nice. So there's a lot of brands, a growing number of companies exploring this potential of virtual worlds. Wendy's, Chipotle, there's a bunch of them.
1: What do you make of this? You know, it could be very interesting for, for Cadre and commercial real estate. You know, as you think about getting a tour of a property, we have video and we have drone footage and all that good stuff, but it would be really interesting to have somebody literally take a tour and be able to control you know, where they go and what they see.
0: I like it. What impresses you? Oh, that's a very broad question. <laughs> Could be anything. Yeah. What comes up when you, when you hear that question? What impresses you?
1: Those who really can balance, and I guess this is just the challenge I have today, is balance what you need to do for the long term while also addressing the short term and what's right in front of you. And, and, and it's very difficult to prioritize. And so it impresses me when people are able to strike that that good balance and, and, and uh, not pick one or the other, but do both.
0: If you had access to a time machine, where and when would you go?
1: You know, I am a kind of a sucker for the 1950s for a lot of reasons. I would go there, I think, from a politics standpoint, from a business opportunity standpoint, not to mention fashion. I just think that was such a cool, slick era for fashion. I would go there. Obviously, you know, huge moments uh, in, in history happening in the 50s. Okay. What is your favorite app on your phone? <laughs> I, I, this is going to be so boring my United app. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I travel a lot and I really appreciate being able to. Do you know everything from my phone? Not to mention move my seats, change my flights because uh, I do that a lot.
0: <laughs> what is a skill you believe everyone should have?
1: I think interpersonal skills, and we all know lots of very intelligent, smart people who just don't have good interpersonal skills. I think that's a big limiting factor for individuals. If you're an introvert or someone who has difficulty communicating to broader audiences. I would say, put yourself out there in uncomfortable situations. I I think that's one of the most important skills.
0: It's a great one. If you could effortlessly pick up a skill, a new skill in an instant, what would it be?
1: It's a Formula One race car driver
0: uh, fair game. I love that. That's fantastic. (laughs) I love that. No one said that. You claim that one. That's great. Next question. Last question. What is one thing that you would like to do this year that you've never done before?
1: Oh, you know that's uh that's easy. I would like to go on safari. I've been to South Africa a few times actually, doing production. I unfortunately never made it to any of the uh, the game reserves. It's something that uh, I've always wanted to do and and was so close to doing and haven't done it. So uh, yeah, going on safari, Kruger National Park. Oh, Kruger! I, I was four hours away and didn't didn't make it there. What's funny, Dustin
0: is. We both share this. I've been to South Africa two times and I have never been on safari and that's I had friends that there was one day where we, we could do safari or go skydiving. I chose skydiving that day and so I still haven't done it. So you and I we, we need to do that together, man. Let's go to Africa and check out the check out national park. I look forward to it. Let's do it. Cool. Dustin, thank you so much for being here. This is a exceptional Congratulations on your new role and the success at Cadre Commercial Real Estate. I know we'll be paying attention and thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Jeremy, thank you. I really appreciate your uh, your time and uh, thanks to your uh, your audience for uh, for tuning in.
0: You have 8 seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic.